Radio. In the seminary in Rome, the English College, there is a picture hanging up in the church, a picture which dates back to the 1500s, and it's called the Martyr's Picture. <clears throat> and in the picture, it features um, an unusual depiction of, of the Trinity. It features the Father as a, an old bearded man, um, and then holding in his arms the crucified Jesus. So Jesus, almost as if he's been taken down from the cross. And then the Holy Spirit is also there as a dove. And you see that the blood of the crucified Jesus in the picture is falling onto a globe. It's falling onto the world. And where the blood falls, little fires spring up. And you have the inscription in Latin across the picture, Inyen veni mitere in terra, which means I have come to bring fire to the earth. It's the words from the gospel that we just heard. In the background of that picture, there is a small image of the Flaminium Gate, which is the gate where the um, the martyrs of the English College, so those who gave their life for their faith, would have left by as they began their journey back to England and Wales. And each time that the college heard about the martyrdom of one of their students, they would gather in front of this picture, the martyr's picture, and sing the Te Deum, which is a hymn of praise to God. Why a hymn of praise? Well, they're praising God for the witness, the faith, the courage of their brothers who were able to witness to their Catholic faith, even though it meant death. Jesus says in the Gospel, Do you suppose that I am here to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. And those words might seem strange to us because, of course, when we think of Jesus and the popular image of Jesus, Jesus is the peace bringer, isn't he? He's the, the one who brings us peace. We know elsewhere in the scriptures, he says, I've come um, to give you peace. I've come to give you the peace that the world cannot give. Isn't the devil the one who causes division? Isn't it the devil who splinters and fractures relationships, who gets in the way of those family relationships that our Lord mentions? Pits son against father, mother against daughter. I guess it's inevitable that the mother-in-law is going to be against somebody, you know, but that's, that's just part of life. But seriously, what's the one, who is the one who really splits us apart and stops us from having unity? Well, classically, it's the devil. So, what's going on here? Well, we can see in our second reading perhaps a clue to explaining this. The author of the Hebrews talks about the opposition that Jesus faced from sinners. We know, in fact, from the beginning of Jesus' life that his life was, in a sense, surrounded by violence and by opposition. Even as a baby, 
we know from the story of the massacre of the innocents, he does something, he causes waves, he disrupts. And an authentic follower of Jesus, of course, should expect the same thing. It's becoming increasingly clear that wherever Jesus and his teaching and the teaching of his church are really proclaimed, it brings opposition because it's diametrically opposed to what today is regarded as praiseworthy and as progress. We live in a culture, after all, which is promoting laws which lead to the destruction of human life in the womb. We live in a culture which promotes sexual relationships between people of the same sex with no questions asked. We live in a culture that says your gender is what you decide it is, it's not something given. We live in a culture which has thrown out everything that we know about human nature and trying to replace it with something else. But more and more we find that to be an authentic Catholic, to be a Catholic Christian, is to set oneself against what is considered acceptable and mainstream. So, what's the explanation for this um, state of affairs? How is it that Jesus brings division so often it seems, and not peace? Well, we need to remember that Jesus entered a world gone wrong. Jesus entered a world which was fallen, the same world that you and I live in. A world which couldn't recognize his goodness and holiness, couldn't recognize his identity even as son of God. And so Jesus' message, the good news, the gospel, resonates only really in those hearts which are open to him. So hearts which are open to truth, open to beauty and goodness, are attracted towards Jesus, are attracted towards his message. We listen to him. And on the other hand, when we are trapped in sin, when we are taken in by the evil one, when we're deceived, then Jesus' message comes as not good news, but as something torturous, as something which niggles away at us, which won't leave us alone, and so is often rejected violently. The peace that Jesus brings is a true peace. It's a peace that means we have to face the truth about ourselves and our world. And one of the truths we have to face about ourselves is that we're sinners, that we're not okay, that we need a saviour. You know, you hear sometimes that phrase, you're okay, you're okay, I'm okay. Sometimes you see uh, memes on Facebook which just seem to be saying, just look in the mirror and tell yourself you're wonderful and that'll be okay. Remember um, Bishop Robert Barron talking about that song, some of you might know, maybe of a younger generation, uh, by Christina Aguilera. Beautiful. You are beautiful in every single way. Well, let's face it, we're not, are we? 
we're not beautiful in every single way. Sure, we might be beautiful on the outside or on the inside, but we've all done and said things that aren't beautiful. Maybe there are things in our life right now that aren't very beautiful at all. And so what we have to do is admit the truth, admit the truth that we are sinners in need of a saviour and that the Lord offers us a way of having true peace once we acknowledge that, a peace which the world cannot give. You see, the devil's version of this peace is a counterfeit. It's false. So his peace is one which says, just push that stuff down. Don't worry about it. You're a good person after all. Don't worry about those sins that weigh you down. Or he invites us to be comfortable in mediocrity, in doing the, me the minimum, in never actually living out our faith fully. And yet, what did Jesus say in that gospel? He has come to bring fire to the earth. Fire, not mediocrity, not lukewarmness, not something that we just do on a Sunday. The book of Hebrews talks about this great cloud of witnesses who, like us, have had to battle against sin, have had to come to terms with the fact that they were sinners too. But yet the grace of God is much greater than all of our sins. It's much more powerful than all our shame, and it gives us peace. Those martyrs of the English college were like those drops of blood dropping onto the world, creating little fires. Their love, their witness has paved the way for so many graces for you and I today, graces that we can't even imagine. And in the eyes of the world, they were, you know, supporting a lost cause. They were throwing away their lives. But we know, and God knows, that that was far from the case. So let's listen to those words from the book of Hebrews and take them to heart about these cloud of witnesses because the cloud of witnesses, the martyrs, the saints, shows us that we can do it too. They didn't have any special powers. They were ordinary human beings like you and I. And we have their intercession. We have this communion of saints in heaven praying for us. With so many witnesses in a great cloud on every side of us, we too then should throw off everything that hinders us, especially the sin that clings so easily, and keep running steadily in the race we have started. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.